Broadcasting from another dimension, deep within the Ghost Shrimp National Forest, sending you secrets from the future directly into your motherfucking mind. <laughs> That's right, everybody. We are here once again with episode 21 of the Go Shrimp and Friends podcast. And I couldn't be more excited. You know what I'm saying? Because we have a wonderful guest today by the name of Jesse Moynihan. You know what I'm saying? Coming to us from L.A., Los Angeles, California. Um, Jesse is my homie from Adventure Time, legendary storyboarder. Um, and he also makes uh, a comic called Forming, which, in my opinion, is uh, the best comic currently being made in the universe. Shout outs. Um, so uh, I couldn't be more excited to jump up on here and catch up with my friend. And we had a very spicy, juicy, meaty, dripping conversation, as usual, as we do. Because on the Ghost Shrimp and Friends podcast, this is how we do it. We get to the juices. Whoop. Um, so uh, let's see. Let's get to some shout outs. We got some new Patreon supporters this week, you know what I'm saying, where the goal for the year is to get 100 Patreon supporters for the podcast. So if you feel like this podcast is an important component of your weekly existence, head on over to patreon.com slash shrimp, and you too can get a shout out on this podcast podcast step up to get your wrap up you know what i'm saying like yvonne santiago at the top of the heap going above and beyond giving five dollars per episode that is outrageous and i love it um we've got a first time supporter shambe right in the house tell me if i get that name right or wrong shambe right um, we got my man Daniel Foothead in the house, a.k.a. Ghost Scout Sports Magic, a.k.a. Dr. D. Foothead, incredible animator. Oh, we got the homie Alexis Ajaru from round two of the 12-week online group workshop in the house. Da -da 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 so many homies supporting the pod. Can't get enough. I love it. We got... Kevin Fitzpatrick, once again, you know what I'm saying? Ghost Scout, Fancy Back, a.k.a. Sober Haze, a.k.a. Sober Blaze in the house. We got none other than Jesse Moynihan supporting at the $2 level, the guest on the podcast today. Big shout-outs. Um, we got uh, John Mansfield, a.k.a. Ghost Scout Beard Lips in the house. Love it, love it, love it. We got Mark Osborne, director of Kung Fu Panda and the Little Prince and little brother of Mark of uh, Kent Osborne in the hizzy. Boo, 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 boo. Getting so pumped on these shout outs. We got Bark the Dog as usual. Roar, roar. 
B-A-R-C. Check it out. We got arguably art supporting at that $2 level. Oh, you know we got my man Try Man Hunt supporting. Try Man Hunt. And last but not least, as always, shout outs to Jesse Kakakadani for holding down the juicy beef stew shout outs. All right, and of course, shout out to all the $1 reward uh, supporters. Uh, Every single cent is appreciated, you know what I'm saying? And uh, we are building it up, you know? We got, let's see, what do we got right now? We are up to 18 patrons, so can we do it? Can we get a couple patrons every week and hit that 100 patron level this year you know what i'm saying by the end of this year by by the time we roll into 2019 it would be incredible if we had a hundred patrons supporting this podcast all right so without further ado let's jump in and check in with my man jesse moynihan all right and here we are once again with a a very special guest uh my homie Jesse Moynihan. Hey. What's, What's going on, my friend? <laughs> Not much, man. I'm just doing a, doing a lot of freelance. That's been my life lately. Yeah? yeah? Yeah. What kind of freelance are you doing? Uh, I'm doing stuff for I I sort of ran I was trying to avoid work for like 2 years basically and then uh, I ran out of money. All my savings ran out and then so I kind of put the I put the call out for some work, uh, because I was basically going to have to leave LA. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so I was, I was, I was down to my last, whatever, uh, thousand bucks and I didn't have any jobs lined up. Yeah. So I was like, how am I going to pay rent next month? And then, so I put, I just put the word out and then, um, I got a bunch of offers for freelance work. So luckily I still have some, uh, people still, uh, are paying attention to me enough to offer me work you got that cachet so, yeah yeah which i <laughs> sure i wasn't sure if uh i still had a uh, any pull you know yeah yeah no i know that feeling when i left adventure time uh to you know to to move here to vermont you know i hadn't freelanced in you know basically three and a half plus years and i was yeah. like well i i don't know i started my freelance career from scratch once so i could probably do it again <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> So luckily, yeah, I wasn't. I, I never even. Did, I never even really did freelance. So you know, just uh, putting the word out like that, I wasn't sure what kind of response I would get. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but and so I'm doing a bunch. Of, I said yes to everything basically. So I'm super swamped now with nice. With yeah, it's cool. I mean, a lot of it is stuff that doesn't really pay that well, but it's stuff that I think is cool. So I said yes to. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um. I'm just doing some consulting and I'm doing some background paintings for, for, um, a, a buddies making a, a, like an independent animated feature. And, um, that's, that's kind of hard <laughs> yeah. and not a lot of money, but it's cool. Like I, I really think the project is cool. And, and then I'm doing some, um, I got some temporary work over cartoon network doing some boards. So I'm doing that and learning how to use storyboard pro yeah. for the first 
So I think that's that's good for me just to do that, just to learn Storyboard Pro because I, uh, <clears throat> I avoided it for the past couple of years. Yeah, Kent was talking about that too. He says everybody uses that now. Yeah, I get it. Like, I get why. I can see why it's really efficient, but um, it's, uh, you know, it's like, to me, it's a pretty non-spiritual way to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you ever so, work on, do you ever draw on the Cintiq, or are you still just all paper? I'm just all paper. I mean, I'm I'm trying to make the switch. I'm trying to get into drawing on a Cintiq and accepting it, you know what I mean? Yeah, how do you like the feel of it and stuff? Can you do you feel like you can do the same level of drawing on a Cintiq that you can on paper? I don't think so, but I think uh, I can do a different kind of quality of drawing on there. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's just it's different. I mean, it's still going to be me, but translated on a in that medium or whatever. You know what I mean? The, the relationship you have between your stylus and the screen and the delay and all that kind of weird stuff, like where your pen's not actually on the, you mean there's a little bit of space between the glass and the, what appears on the screen, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, just all that kind of stuff is, is going to create this type of drawing that it is my drawing, but it's different from when I draw on paper in some subtle ways, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I don't. I, I mean, I still draw everything on on paper and stuff. I I got a Cintiq finally to, and I use it to yeah. color my uh, my illustrations and stuff. Because um, yeah. before I was just using like a mouse, you know, and just like clicking yeah. around and stuff. But so it's cool to. I'm I'm actually having fun uh, coloring with it because now I'm starting to add in some more like tonality and stuff rather than just flat that's color. Cool. So that's pretty cool. Um, I definitely yeah. like it for that, yes. but. Uh, Unless I'm doing more than like, I could draw like a little single isolated character or something pretty well on the Cintiq. And it might also have to do with the size of it. I mean, I only have like a 13 inch one. Um, But uh, yeah, it's just too weird to be zooming in and out. And and I'm, you know, so used to just seeing the whole page and and my process is so like erasing heavy and stuff. Like I like to just draw and erase and draw and erase and draw and erase and really start to like see things happening in the paper that... It's yeah. just doesn't my my whole flow doesn't happen on a Cintiq. Yeah, like uh, when I'm designing stuff, um, a lot of times I use uh, Post-it notes. Well, I learned I learned uh, the Post-it using Post-it notes from Adventure Time actually, yeah, yeah. and um, I'll just use I'll, I'll you know I'll do all these tricks that I learned from Pen and uh, Pat Pat and stuff, um, just ripping pieces of Post-it notes and put putting it over, then drawing like, oh, maybe his arm looks like this or maybe his head looks like this. And then I can just take the post-it note right off and uh, put another one on there. And you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, that process of design uh, to me, I guess it's the equivalent of, it's sort of the equivalent of control Z, you know, but, uh, but something about it feel, it feels like I have more of a relationship with what's going on with the paper and the drawing uh, yeah. when I'm doing it. It's, there's this physical physicality to it and there's a ugliness to it. Like uh, <clears throat> the yellow paper of the post-it and stuff. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, it makes me feel like I'm doing like construction work or some, 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 some something sort of analogous to that. I don't know. Uh, it's not, it's not quite that, but it's something in spirit, in the spirit of that, this like, mm, 
sort of like work workshop kind of feeling uh, when I'm working that way. Yeah. I've never tried. I've never tried to design anything on a Cintiq. The most I've ever done in Photoshop design wise is like if I'm really afraid of uh, the colors I'm going to use um, in a painting, I'll do a mock-up on Photoshop, just like throw some flat colors down just to get an idea of how all the colors will relate. I'll just take a picture on my phone and then fuck with it on, mm. on Photoshop and That's just do really, idea. yeah, just do really general color, color design ideas and then see what's working with what wouldn't work in the composition. Yeah. And then, and then I sort of mimic that with real paints. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it ends up looking different, but it's a good it's a it, it's a good confidence booster. You're like, okay, I think I know what direction I want to go with these colors. Like especially if you're putting down um airbrush, which is sort of a like one and done, like you don't get a second chance. You know? Right, right, right. And you do a lot of that in forming, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, that's cool. And there's also something so special to me about creating that powerful artifact of the original artwork. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was like a, that's a big, um, deal to me. Uh, at some point I got really paranoid about, um, cause I was doing some Photoshop in the first forming. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, and then I decided I wanted, I wanted everything to be represented on the page. Like I wanted it all to be there yeah. um, after the apocalypse or whatever, when the internet um, explodes. Right, 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 right. <laughs> or there's, like, like there's a huge sun, sun, what do you call it? When the sun spot or whatever, like a, like a solar flare or something. Yeah, a huge solar flare that kills all digital technology or whatever. Yeah, it like kills all electrical <laughs> things. <laughs> Still have lines, you know? Is that like a real thing? Has that ever happened? Uh, I don't know, but I've heard that it's a possibility. Yeah. Maybe almost like an inevitability, but we don't know, not, you know, not necessarily within our lifetimes. Right. But, but possibly. Yeah. It's the same, it's the same threat as a, a giant meteor hitting the earth or, um, or, or, um, the polar, the pol the, 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 what do you call it? The polar shift. Right, right. Or like, a, uh, or like Yosemite exploding. Like, supposedly right, Yosemite right. could like basically put us into like an extinction level event, like by exploding. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> pretty cool. There's a part of me that sickly like wants that to happen. Like, and just go yeah. back to there's like a thousand people on the planet, and like I'm one of them, yeah. and like I'm just like, oh, I knew I w I knew these survival skills would pay off living in the woods. <laughs> I definitely, uh, in the back of my mind it's this uh, thing. I'm like, well, I should be taking foraging classes. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I haven't, you know, actually, yeah. Akko, um, our mutual friend, Akko Castuera, she, I remember she was taking foraging classes. Yeah. No, I totally I was, remember that. And she like, she like, yeah, she, she was like, I know how to make a fire. And she like was carrying around like some little spongy moss or whatever. <laughs> it's like, this is great <laughs> Tinder. And I was like, dude, you gotta, you gotta come out in the woods, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think she was trying to do what do you call it, uh, city foraging or whatever. Uh, yeah, urban urban foraging. urban foraging. Yeah, that's like that um, twelve monkeys scenario. Totally, whatever. totally. Yeah, shout out to Akko, man. I love Akko. She's the best. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I haven't seen her in a while. I, I guess she was she was out of town. And she was sick, or I mean, she's my neighbor. So, 
Um, I should see her more than I do, but I've been, I've been sort of holed up with a flu and fever and shit for like a month and a half. So I haven't really seen anybody. Oh damn. That's just for real, huh? I've been hearing people talk yeah. about it, but I, uh, yeah, I haven't gotten sick. We haven't gotten sick yet, which is good. I think, I think California, we just got hit. Uh, yeah. It was like outbreak, you know? Yeah. People were saying it was like an epidemic type of shit yeah it was crazy i got sick three times in a row like wow. I, I don't know what and it was all right after the uh spacex launch so i'm suspicious. really oh dude that's deep cuts that's pretty suspicious <laughs> yeah damn they, they were launching like, some mushrooms like, some alien spores was raining down yeah. on the city it was totally releasing blue spores into the air oh shit yeah man Oh, man, this is when we're going to have the internet interference. Whenever we start to talk about these conspiracy theories on the podcast, we'll get some internet glitch that'll knock us out. <laughs> the FBI files, they they dig into the Ghost Scout FBI files and start tapping the, the internet connections. They don't like what we're talking about. We're getting too close to the truth. Yeah. I totally missed the SpaceX thing. Like, um, I missed it by, like, three minutes or whatever. My girlfriend was coming to pick me up, and then... We, I came outside and she was like, "Did you see what's going on in the sky?" I was like, "No, what was going what's going on?" And she was like, "It's like Independence Day or whatever." Wow. And, and then I ran out and I looked and I could see the the residual trail of whatever it was, you know? Yeah. The satellite. And uh and you know, we didn't know what it was at that point, so I was like pissed. <laughs> that I didn't get to see it. I was oh, like man. pounding my fist. You're like the aliens <laughs> came and I fucking missed it. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was super pissed, and I was like, like trolling through the internet trying to find any information on it. Yeah, I saw people posting on uh, Instagram posting videos. I was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And that turned out to be, I guess, Elon Musk or whatever. Yeah, that's but, funny though. Why didn't did didn't they like announce it beforehand? They're like, you're gonna see some alien spores and spaceships flying <laughs> around LA, like just FYI. People, people think it's uh was a PR stunt to get more people talking about SpaceX, I uh, think. Well, that worked, I guess. Yes, it worked because I'm still talking about it. Or was it a cover up? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. It was also a weather that. it was a weather balloon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was uh they were trying to make California sick. <laughs> Damn, dude. That's the first step. And then the reptile alien shapeshifters, fucking, when everybody was looking up at this guy, they started morphing and shifting. It was like a big distraction. <laughs> yeah. They needed, they needed a break. From, all uh, the concept. all the all the holograms were gonna like glitch out at that point, and like all the entrances yeah. to Hollow Earth were gonna like reveal themselves that night. So they had to create some giant distraction for five minutes. Yeah. That makes sense. That tracks. Fuck. <laughs> so, uh, so you've been off Adventure Time for two years, is that right? Yeah, I think more than that at this point. Wow. Um, yeah, and it's funny that uh, it's still on the air, even I know, though, I know. <laughs> like, they they uh, have been dragging it out for like uh, a long time. I think you know they've been done making episodes for a while, and they're still. Right, right, yeah, because I did the backgrounds for the final episodes uh, last winter, like, yeah, yeah, last winter, so almost a year ago. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, uh, 
but they they air them on like Sunday afternoons or something. <laughs> you know, when do, do they have an end date of like? Do they know when it's all gonna? I mean, they must know, but do do they say when like the final episode is gonna be on? I don't think anybody knows. I mean, mm. even when I was working on the show, the season seven, I felt like programming became this weird uh, mystery. Really? Of uh, not knowing when they were going to air episodes. And, you know, you'd be working on these like huge plot arcs and they would get, you know, uh, there would be months in between two part episodes and stuff like that, you know? <laughs> weird. <laughs> Their 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 air their programming strategy was almost in conflict with the way we were writing episodes, <clears throat> and then they would drop these uh you know bombs like a week week of episodes every day. It was really like schizophrenic. I don't know. Huh. It was sort of uh, I don't I think they were trying to compete with the internet or something like that. There was some like strategy that they had, but they never really uh. Explain, explained it to us. Wow. I think network te- television is just trying to figure out how to compete with YouTube, basically. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's not it. Uh, like, that's we need I to want. build hype and then binge them. Yeah, build hype and binge Like, compete with uh, Netflix, compete with YouTube. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think networks where that old money system of advertisements and all that kind of stuff is like it's it's a comfortable place to be and i think um they're trying network television is trying to figure out how to transition into the next phase of how people eat their media yeah you know do you think that do you think that the people who run cartoon network are part of the reptile shape-shifting illuminati conspiracy (laughs) i you know i mean at the top top like ted turner probably yeah right Oh, he's got to be a he's got to be a reptile for definitely sure. Yeah, I think maybe isn't he like two hundred years old too? Yeah, I think he's he's like a he's like two hundred years old. He like probably swaps his blood out with uh, kids. <laughs> yeah, that's probably part of the intern program at Cartoon Network. Is like, yeah, we just need a few uh, you know a few pints of your blood, and then they just they get all the young blood and they just send it up to yeah. Ted Turner. All the interns in all of his companies. That's why he just collects companies. He just gets pint <laughs> after pint every day. He gets fresh blood injected into him. Right. I mean, I know. Uh, I'm only like I knew that. Uh, what do you call it? Keith Richards did that. I think. Yeah. Keith Richards or uh, Mick, what was it? Mick Jagger. Who's the Rolling Stones? Mick Jagger. Uh, Mick Jagger. Either Keith Richards or Mick Jagger does that. Yeah. That was the first time I ever heard about that. And then now I'm hearing that any rich person just does that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, old- it's like legit science, right? I mean, it does sort of yeah. like start to reverse the aging process. So we're just like weird vampire yeah. I think people. Slow, slow it down at least. Uh, right. Helps me. It, it might help you like fight fight off some diseases or something. Yeah, and know. like regenerate, like you know, fight inflammation and probably like regenerate certain. You know, well now they got the stem cell shit too, where you can regenerate all kinds of <laughs> tissues in your body and all kinds of shit. We're getting into the real weird, <laughs> the real weird start of, part part of civilization now. Yeah, where everyone's gonna live to two. I, I wonder if I'm gonna be part of that generation of people that live to like two hundred. Yeah, because of all, like all these um, health, like extension, life extension 
therapies like stem cells and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Or we're even, probably like right on the cusp. Like our kids definitely, but like we're probably like right on that cusp. Like we're on the top yeah. of the wave and we might like slide backwards or get taken forwards. Like it's not clear yeah. yet. But then also like do I want to live to 200 where I can't like uh, run? You know what I mean? Right, right. I'm like – like living but i'm not like it's like okay i'll spend 50 years in an old folks home no but then you get those blade runner legs and all that kind of shit all right well yeah yeah. (laughs) and then you have like a fucking cybernetic butler some kind of fucking dog robot butler that you can ride around and shit like all through all terrain dog butler the thing that really weirds me out is that i like I think this is so. This is like some futurist shit that I just don't think is legit. It's this idea of uploading your consciousness to, like, a, the the cloud or Dude, whatever. Johnny Depp already did it, bro. He did. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think like if I don't understand the science behind this totally, but I think I think the people who believe in that are like are are jumping. They're making a leap in logic a little bit just so that they can believe in it because like maybe you could tap into your brain and access your memories and then like transfer that to a hard drive or whatever or a cloud. Yeah. But that, that'll just be, it's like copy and paste. It's not really like, it's not really like dragging your consciousness because we don't really like the nature of consciousness. We don't know anything about it really. Yeah. We don't really know what it is or why it exists or, or how to quantify it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, no, like we, we're, we're starting, I don't know. I watched that video where we were, they're able to like sort of visualize people's dreams. Did you ever see that video? No. It's like scientists like had people hooked up and dreaming and stuff like in their sleep. And they were, it was like they had a little TV screen where you could see what they were dreaming sort really? of. Really? And you could see images? Yeah, but it's sort of a cheat. It wasn't quite legit. You know what I mean? It was like the first step. It was like scrambled porn in the 90s? Yeah. It was like... It was <laughs> like, like, I like, think I can see a boob. <laughs> yeah, dude. Dude, I used to sit for hours and fucking watch the Spice channel just to see if one second of a boob oh definitely we used to do it on sleepovers like just sitting and like yeah. sweatily watching it <laughs> <laughs> like a green a green warped boob yeah would, like, yeah you know, sometimes it would like clear up for a second almost and you're like oh my god look at this dude <laughs> yeah. yeah you could hear so the that's... sounds though that was what it was made it hot if there was no sound i don't think it would have worked but they're like oh yeah oh you know like oh shit something's going down for real yeah if only I just need this one window, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just make me, yeah. And you're like in there, you're like hanging out with your buddies, and it's like not weird at all because you're so horny. Yeah. No, you're like you're 10, like, and like, yeah, you like don't even <laughs> quite know like what it is. You're like, oh, I don't know what we're feeling, but <laughs> yeah. it's awesome. There's a lot of memories I have of that, of, uh, of being in a room with my friends, like, and watching like uh, rated R, sort of like, um, what do you call it? Like a raunchy comedy with my friends. Yeah, and we're all like, we're all like feeling like weird. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. <laughs> this makes my stomach feel weird. <laughs> yeah, I think my balls are sweating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's so many memories of that, and like, uh, actually, like, uh, uh, I went to boarding school 
and like we would one of us like our senior year um some of us were 18 so we would go to west coast video and like rent porn and then yeah. we'd bring it back like we brought the holy grail and then there'd be 20 of us in a room like watching a porn together and then so inevitably someone's like, oh, man, I'm getting tired. I got to go. I got to <laughs> like, go to the bat. I got to take a shit. <laughs> yeah, I'll see you guys later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I remember one time somehow we came across some kind of some kind of b- barnyard porn thing where it was just not animal porn, but like people were just like yeah. on a farm and then having sex in the hair or whatever. And we were like, it was like in high school and we were all sitting around watching it and you're like laughing and laughing. And, oh shit. Well, and then you just like kind of stop laughing and everybody's like quiet and watching. And then you're like laughing again, but like just the, there's like no normal, like there's no normalization right. of that situation. Like everybody yeah, yeah. obviously has a boner and you're all just like sitting around together. <laughs> Yeah, and you're trying to be like cool about it, like yeah. trying to like treat it like it's mystery science theater or something, but yeah, uh, yeah, but but it's it's uh it's weird, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's like to be a boy growing up. I can't. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm like 40 now. I can't imagine. Like, imagine like if you were you're like 40 years old with like 10 of your buddies watching a porn together. Yeah. Fucking that would never happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But when you're a kid, and also because in the 90s or in the early 90s, like porn just wasn't available. Yeah, it was such a novelty. It was even the magazines. Yeah. If you had a magazine, you'd be like, yo, let me get that when you're done. Like people would be like, you'd yeah. be like really coveted. Like I remember we used to have a paper route. I used to have a paper route when I was like, you know, 15 or whatever. Yeah. And uh, me and my buddy were on the paper route, and we had found out that um, this kid in our school had a shoebox full of uh, porn magazines in his locker. And, like, so we yeah. went, like, we were on my paper route, and one of the stops was the, like, middle school or whatever. And, uh, yeah. you know, we, we, like, stopped to deliver the paper, and then we went in and, like, took my, like, paper rope bag. Like, I had the bag full of papers slung over my shoulder, and we just went to his locker yeah. and took, like, half of his pornos <laughs> and jetted, and that was, like, a grand heist. We actually used to go to the mall all the time and steal Playboys. That was, like, we would just, like, go on admissions oh, to, like, yeah. steal Playboys from the mall newsstand all the time. Someone would, like, run distraction and then someone else goes and like steals a bunch of porno i think everyone it's weird how often i hear this about you know people sort of in that age our age group uh of like 30s 30 30 whatever like uh, over 30 is like uh uh, finding porn in the woods oh definitely yep definitely and also um I don't know. Like, yeah, I've heard that story so many times. I'm like, I can't believe everyone has this experience. Like, yeah, of, yeah no, of, totally. No, one time I was walking behind this, like my parents, I can't, I don't think I've told the story on the pod before, but one time yeah. uh, I was, my parents live in a college town. They live in uh, New Hampshire where, where UNH is, where the university of New Hampshire is. And so yeah. I was like, I'm, I, I might've even been on my paper route again, but I was walking, cutting, cutting from the school behind this dorm. There's like a whole row of dorms of, um, of, uh, like fraternities and shit. And you have to cut behind them to, uh, you know, to, to go down to town and I'm walking yeah. there and there's just like a VHS in the middle of the parking lot. And like yeah. someone probably chucked it out of some girlfriend probably chucked it out a window or something. And like, I look <laughs> yeah. at it and it's called lethal blow. And I'm like, Oh shit, this sounds <laughs> fucking juicy. And it's kind of like chipped. It's kind of like chipped, like, cause it was probably thrown out the window. And so right. I take it 
and I bring it home and I pop it on and it's like, I should look up to see if there's any clips of it. Cause it's like, it was like a dojo. It was like a karate dojo and it was the ugliest <laughs> people that I've ever seen in my life in a porno. Yeah. And yeah. it was, these guys were literally karate fighting each other. And then like, I'm going to, your girl's going to suck my dick. And he's like, no, I'm not. And then they like karate fight. And then the winner gets to like, to have sexual relations <laughs> with the girl. And yeah. then, uh, so, so I, I watched it a couple of times. And then popped it out. And at the time, I was working at KB Toys, which is like a toy store yeah. in, in the Northeast. I was working at the mall at, at KB Toys. And uh, yeah. there was this dude that I worked with who was, he was like this. He was, I was like, you know, whatever, 16. And he was like in his probably mid-30s or whatever. And he was this wacky dude who like, he was like wicked into toys. And he's like, I have Power Ranger bed sheets and shit. But then he also started talking to me about, he was married. But he's like, dude, I'm having. <laughs> And he's like, I'm having threesomes with these two chicks. He's like, they come over and we film it and we're banging on my fucking Power Ranger sheets and shit. And I was like, dude, you're crazy. And so like when I, when I, when I, I was like, I'm going to give, I think his name was Jeremy. I'm like, I'm going to give Jeremy this porno. He'll like it, you know, cause he's yeah. having threesomes. He's making porns or whatever. So, so I yeah. give it to him and yeah. then, uh, and then he's like, dude, that porno that you gave me, he's like, it got stuck in my VCR, man, because it was broken. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. he's like, it got stuck in my VCR, man. And my wife was like, what's wrong with the VCR? And I had to fucking throw the VCR out before she fucking like found <laughs> out about it. He's like, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> Super crazy. Yeah, there's so many uh, <clears throat> instances of uh, of like how loud fucking VCRs are, you know? Yeah. And like put, putting the tape in. And yeah, like it being like, yeah, like junk, you know, and it's like midnight and you're trying to watch a porn in your parents' house, you know, and like trying to put it in as smoothly as possible. And then someone comes <laughs> down and you're trying to pop it out and it like takes forever. It's like slow motion getting the tape out. Like, yeah, you've got all these like exit strategies. You're like, okay, if I hear my parents upstairs, like, <laughs> I'll be like, no, I was just reading this book with the TV on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, anyway, I'm just, I'm just flushed. Did you turn the heat up on? I'm just flushed because I'm excited about this book that I'm reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what that smell of lotion is, but <laughs> yeah. One time, one time when I was at my grandpa, when I was at, when we were at my grandma and grandpa's house, um, I like brought a Playboy there or something, and I was like in this little bedroom, you know, before bed, like fucking jerking off with this, like looking at this Playboy. <laughs> my grandpa just like pops in to say goodnight. He's like, "Good night, Dan," and and he like he didn't even flinch. But I was like, "Oh my god!" And I like fucking put it away, and I'm like, "Oh, good night, Grandpa, love you." And he like didn't even acknowledge it. He just like good night, and then he just like went out. And he like totally saw it, but he like did not yeah. acknowledge it whatsoever. Yeah. Like that's the only of- time I've ever been caught beating off. Although no, one time my college girlfriend walked in on me uh, beating off. Yeah. It was like the early days of like internet porn, and then she was like, yeah. just like disappointed in me. She's like, "That's so disgusting." And I was like, "No, you're right. I don't want to use my computer for this." And then I put up like a post-it note like above my computer. I was like, "Don't watch porn." <laughs> <laughs> my mom, my mom caught me once actually, like um, in the early days of internet porn. And I was like downstairs, like uh, I didn't think anyone was around. I thought she was just upstairs, like she was doing laundry or something like that. I didn't think she was going to come down for a while. And this was in the days of like dial-up, so <clears throat> the shit was super slow, and you're just trying to look at pictures. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like and, slowly uh, unloading the picture, like bit by like yeah. line by line. <laughs> yeah, 
takes like 30 seconds for a fucking one picture to show up. Yeah. And then also, uh, you know, there's pop-up ads everywhere. So basically, in order to look at one picture, you need to click off a bunch of pop-up like spam windows that are giving your computer viruses and stuff. <laughs> totally. Your parents are like, the computer is so slow now. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And my mom came down stairs and I fucking tried to click it off but then all these pop-up windows porno like pop-up windows came up oh my god <laughs> and i was just like and my mom just tried to pretend like she was like coming downstairs to get something and it was like i just I was like it's like a deer frozen in the road you know what i mean yeah, yeah. I, like there's nothing i could do and we just both pretended like nothing happened totally, you know totally it's the only thing <laughs> to do it's the only thing to do i think when you're a parent your kid is just going to go through a phase where they're totally disgusting and like totally un slick. Yeah. You can't control it. You like have a crazy urge to just, I remember just being like, how many times can I masturbate a day? And I got up to like 15 times, like, like just tried to do, see how many times I could do it in one day. And I did it like 15 times. And then you're like sore and like nothing's coming out and you're like, okay, I guess that's it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I tried to do that too. I think just to test your limits or whatever. Yeah, you have and it, to. And, and at the end, like, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, your hand is all wrinkled. <laughs> yeah, it's like you've been in the bathtub. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my oh, God. Man. I remember the first time that I did it, I thought it was disgusting. For some for some reason, I didn't know what was going to happen. And I like yeah. when I came, I was like, "Oh, gross!" <laughs> like you know, because you don't like. I had no idea what was gonna happen. I was like, "I think I might be peeing," and then I just then the gum came out, and it's like, if you don't know what to expect, you know, yeah. I mean, the only thing you have ever seen like that is like pus or something. So you're like, "Oh, what the fuck!" I remember just being like, "I'm never doing that again." Oh yeah, no, I had serious uh, for most of my um, middle school. And into early high school, uh, I had like serious like guilt about it. Yeah. And I would like I would like pray to God and stuff. I would be like, I swear to God, I'll never fucking do that again. Oh, like uh, uh, the last time. Like. Oh man. And, it was, <clears throat> and then I would like not do it for a month. You know. Really? Wow. Yeah, and then I and then I fucking wouldn't be able to control myself. I'd just be like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I first like heard about it or whatever. I remember yeah. going in the bathroom and just like jerking it for like ten seconds and being like, nah, this doesn't work. They were lying. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um and it wasn't until actually uh, high school, like tenth tenth grade I I transferred schools. Cause in my public school I think people treated like they would make fun of you they were like you jerk off you got hairy palms or whatever you know yeah so they treated you like if you admitted to jerking off it meant you were a loser basically yeah and so like that combined with a weird like religious guilt about it like i just made that up i had no no my parents never told me to feel guilty about masturbating or anything i just like somehow picked I just picked that up out of the ether somewhere. Like, that was supposed to be shameful. Right. Well, yeah, that's like a cultural thing. Like, you know, that like it, you're not supposed to masturbate or something. I, that's definitely, I, I've definitely, I've never, I don't think everybody, anybody ever told me that, but like, that's just a yeah. thing that's out there. Like, you know, God yeah. will be mad if you masturbate. Yeah. I, th- I like thought I was going to hell wow. if I masturbated. Like, I don't know 
I don't know who told me that. I don't even, I don't think anyone even told me that. Like, you know what I mean? I just, I just like made it up basically. I don't know. Maybe I picked it up from somewhere. I don't know. But some reason that's how I felt. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, in 10th grade, I remember I, I transferred schools. I transferred to this boarding school and then my buddy, one of my first friends, Nate, um, just was so open about it. He was just like, yeah, man, I'm going to go home and jerk off. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, what the fuck? Like, you know, and then all of a sudden I was like, Oh, like I don't have to feel guilty about it. And it's just normal. And everyone does it. And if you pretend like you don't do it, you're lying. You know, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that sort of changed. That's the day that you become a man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna masturbate whatever I want to. Yeah, yeah. Shut up, mom. Yeah, one time my mom, one time I must have dropped like a Playboy in the hallway by accident, and yeah. uh, I like came home and then I like I like found this Playboy like face down on my bed, and there was a note in it from my mom like I never want to see this again. This is very degrading to women, but she like gave it back to me. <laughs> yeah, my mom was like yeah. too respectful to just like take it from me. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, you know, uh, my dad had a stash, so I used to just like raid his stash. Yeah. And, but, and then try to put, and try to put it back exactly in place so he wouldn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, where you was it? I mean? Wait, which was it face up or face down? Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and I used to like, uh, I don't know. I used to like carry around, like I had, a, I ripped out a Pete, like I ripped out a, a, a photo of a naked lady or something like that. I would carry it around in my pocket just in case I needed it. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. That's the original, like jerking off to your phone, like just like having yeah. a piece of paper in your pocket. And then eventually like get, you know, it would get so ratty, like, you know, like a napkin in your pocket like rubbing like, off and like getting all soft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You gotta put tape over the good parts. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that all that stuff like doesn't exist anymore. I feel like nobody who even buys porno mags. Yeah, no, I know, I know that's crazy. No, it's uh, just taking oh. over the world. Yeah, it's weird. It's um, I think um, it's a it's totally like affecting people's brains uh, and and their like expectations of like what sex is supposed to be like. You know Definitely. what I mean? I feel oh like- man, but just wait till they have the sex robots. That's going to be the freakiest thing in the world. <laughs> then people will go their whole lives without having like human relationships and shit, and they'll be like a whole new breed of people. But I guess they just die off. So, oh what? Um, oh, like, like people that ju- people that just have sex with robots. Like you know, like guys, yeah. the guys that like will just stop trying to get laid. Like guys that have a hard time, they'll just be like, oh, I can get a yeah. perfect a perfect sex robot that'll just have sex with me whenever <laughs> I want. This is awesome. Yeah. Have you heard about that blowjob cafe in London? No. It's a robot blowjob cafe. I've seen like the robot blowjob. Like on the internet, I saw some weird robot blowjob machine, but it was like made out of like, like they make it look like the head of a woman with like a dress on or something. But then underneath, it's like a rocking chair sort of mechanism. And it's like really sketchy. I, uh, I don't know if this, I don't know if it's happened yet. I just read an article about it. This guy, because he was trying to start a he found some legal loophole i guess where it was like he was going to start a coffee shop where you can just um it's like a, a brothel basically mm-hmm. but for some reason that he found some legal loophole that it's like if he's serving 
food or I don't know. I don't know what it was. But anyway, so he tried to get it started where it's like a blowjob cafe. Wow. And where you're just like standing at a uh, counter and then someone's down there like working, working your nuts or whatever. Wow, like a glory hole uh, fucking cafe. Yeah, but then. Um, but it's a, a person or a robot? It was a person at first. He was trying to get it started. Like he thought he like had gamed the system and he right. like figured out how to do this legally. Yeah. And then whoever's in charge of uh, the Better Business or whatever bureau, or whatever, <laughs> was just like, nah, you can't do that. <laughs> like, you know. Wow. So, uh, <clears throat> so then he was like, okay, well, robots. You know. So uh, he's been. I don't know if it's happened yet, but I read some article where he was. He was contracting these um, people to build these blowjob robots for a cafe. But what I want to know is who the fuck would go there? Like who – you know, he's setting it up like it's going to the bar, like with your buddies. Yeah, you know, he's trying yeah. to get sort of like casual, like not a secret thing. Right. You know? Yeah. So you just go there with your – on your lunch break, you're like, "Hey, Jim, let's fucking go get Robo blowjobs." Hey, you want to go coffee. to the blowjob bar? You want to have a wet lunch? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll get some cappuccino and get sucked off by a robot. By the same robot that just sucked every other dude's dick in here. Yeah, just spray some um, spray some uh, disinfectant in there. That's some Illuminati shit. They're just collecting all the semen, man, and then they're just making clones and shit. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's the deal he that's his doubt. I don't know uh I don't know I haven't followed up. I just read one article somewhere, you know, but I don't know I don't know if it's actually happening or not. But it's definitely like in the in Japan, I feel like that's the place where it's going to really they're already trying to make that happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. With Yeah, no, it's definitely going to get super weird with like I mean, they already have the VR sex and stuff like that and then then once once they make once they can get that to where you can actually feel it too like once they have like sensory shit and then once they have the fucking robots yeah they're hooking up vr stuff to fleshlights and stuff like that i think oh my god that's insanity you know i and in japan i think the dating culture is really bad like no one's um no one's having sex right and and no one's having babies. Like, Maybe that's you know, like the natural progression of like, you know, nature always self-corrects. There's like, there's too many fucking yeah. people on this planet. So we're going to let them create technology. And then they'll just like, half of them will just fuck technology and then just like die off. Yeah. Maybe I think uh, Japan's at the cutting edge, you know, of that. <laughs> the cutting edge of extinction of the human race. Yeah. So maybe they're the first ones to go. Uh, and I think... When I talk to people, kids who are younger in their early 20s or just in high school, you know, there's a definitely that culture of um, being a shut in sort of message board person is yeah. uh, is really um, taking off. Right. I think it's it's becoming a legitimate way to be social, yeah. you know, where I've heard my girlfriend, uh, she's a teacher and she's talked to students who have said to her that they feel like online relationships are more sincere than real life relationships. Wow. Uh, You can be more honest about yourself and my God, (laughs) you know, you can more honest interactions and because no one's looking at you and judging you by your appearance. Wow. And I 
you can interact through um, you can interact through avatars and stuff that represent how you feel about yourself. You meanwhile, know? meanwhile, they're chatting with like a fifty year old pedophile. Like, <laughs> yeah. So you know, I definitely think there's holes in that logic, but I, I can see why um, if there's this excuse to interact that way, why people would gravitate towards it. Yeah. Uh, um, it, it makes sense. I. My 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 experience with message boards and that kind of thing has always been really toxic. So I I don't really understand why people want to hang out there that much. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess it, I'm I'm also old, so I don't really know. Like um, I haven't fully explored that stuff. Like I going and, and I don't have a. I don't have, I'm not obsessed with my little pony or whatever, where I can go in a my little pony chat group and find people that I identify with, um, as bronies or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like, no, I never got into message board culture. I mean, the closest is like Facebook, you know, where you're like just ranting off on Facebook and shit like that. I never got into any kind of message board culture, like niche, yeah. super niche shit. Yeah. We're specific to a thing that you're obsessed with, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think uh, if I was younger, maybe I would have gotten onto maybe some sort of role playing message, like Dungeons and Dragons message boards or yeah, something. Yeah. Uh, maybe I would have gotten super deep into that and made friends through through that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, but even uh, if I play like online shooters and stuff, and I'm talking through the headsets with someone, and it's some 11 year old kid, you know, yeah. who's like screaming. He's like screaming at his brother or something while we're shooting aliens. And I'm like, I don't want to be, I don't want to make a connection with this person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't totally. It's so weird. <laughs> uh, that's like, uh, it, it's, it, it's really alienating to me. I mean, it's cool to, it's cool that I can randomly shoot aliens with some stranger somewhere in the world, but, um, but I don't want to build lasting friendships off of that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's just the old. I, I know it's so weird how the each generation is like thinks that the the new generation is just losing its mind, and it just progressively happens <laughs> every fucking time. Yeah, it's weird. I don't want to be too judgmental about it just for that reason. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, because I understand that I did stuff that my parents didn't understand. Well, it's even weirder too, because like you know now Wolfie's like six. I mean, it's not going to be too long before he's twelve and he's diving into all this shit, and God knows where it's going to be then. And like, I'm just like, oh yeah. my God, man, that's going to be super be weird. Like thinking about just how wild, especially just how wild of a kid I was, and how. You know, all the crazy yeah. shit that I did and then and then the reality of the internet today and then you know, we didn't even have the internet growing up and I was a wild ass kid, so like I can't even imagine how that's gonna translate for him and all the weird situations that he'll be navigating. You just kinda gotta go Well, I'm just gonna he- try to like give him good like a good base to work from and then hopefully he just yeah. like makes good decisions because like i think of all yeah. the things that like my parents had no idea i was doing and like you're just hell-bent on doing whatever you want when you're a kid like it doesn't matter what your parents say a lot of times no it totally it just it's mostly matters on uh, i think your parents can like what you said they can build a good base like they can put tool give you tools so that you can make okay judgments you know yeah and 
feel like an independent minded person who who can make best decisions for themselves but then beyond that it really comes down to who you're hanging out with yeah <laughs> you know no totally and, i remember my parents used to be like you can't hang out with these people they used to totally recognize when there was like super <laughs> shady people that i was doing stuff with and like yeah. i would get so mad at them I'd be like, you can't tell me who i can hang out with yeah yeah luckily i mean i was a i was a total square yeah. i was a weird i was weird super nerdy um just um kill like stick in the mud yeah. kind of dude so i didn't do any of that shit i didn't fuck around like i didn't want to party i was a straight edge kid yeah. growing up yeah. super into that. so i was just going to hardcore shows mm-hmm. and drinking snapples basically like that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mess around with any of that stuff. And it was weird because my parent, my parents really didn't have much to, my mom was a crazy, like, um, Japanese, uh, tiger mom or whatever. So she just would get mad at me anyway, but I really wasn't doing much to get in trouble. But in nineties, I think the thing that most parents were worried about was that their kids were going to raves and doing like rave drugs, you know? Right. Which kids definitely were like friends of mine definitely were like, going to raves and doing like 24 hour ecstasy whatever you know (laughs) yeah and then recovering for like a week uh uh yeah that was a lot of my friends so that was the 90 like freak out and there'd be news stories like are your kids going to raves yeah no i remember i went to school with some kids who were like they would just like you'd see them and they would have lost like 30 pounds because they were just like doing ecstasy all the time and shit and you'd be like oh my (laughs) god man yeah. And yeah, yeah, that was a lot of a lot of my uh, people I was friends with were, were doing that kind of stuff. But I, I just didn't I didn't get involved just because I was uh, such a contrarian kid that um, I thought anything pe- my kids around me thought was fun. I thought was stupid, you yeah, know, yeah, like <laughs> that was basically my mentality. Yeah. It kind of still I, it's hard for me to shake that. Actually, it's like so ingrained in me. I just like automatically think everything is stupid. And um, I don't want to like participate in anything uh, other people are doing or whatever. Yeah. Any any mass group of people, I have this like '90s counterculture uh, programming, you know, where I'm like, that sucks. <laughs> no, I definitely have a certain amount of that. I think it translates in a different way, but I definitely have that. Like, where if everybody's doing one thing, I'm just like, all right, now I'm out. Like, I'm doing my own yeah. thing over here. I just go the other way. Yeah, I think that also that has to do. I mean, the same thing. Well, you know, why you're living in the woods in Vermont and building your own cabins and stuff. Yeah, I think totally. that's <clears throat> that's a total '90s uh, uh, <laughs> like counterculture or all uh, you know uh, point of view. Yeah, I think. Yeah, because a lot definitely. of my friends growing up, we were all brainstorming like how to do that. Yeah, <clears throat> you yeah. know. Yeah, like how do we get away from? How do we get away from bullshit? Uh, and just like make our own communes and stuff. Yeah, I think that. Uh, that would, and we all got into luddite, the you know luddites and that kind of stuff, anti technology and right. All all my buddies were like super into that stuff and doing research on building, building cabins and and looking for land and stuff. Wow, that's uh, cool. And I, I think it's still it still gets talked about, but we're all. A lot of us, the tight crew, you know, that um, we're all sort of dreaming about that stuff. We all sort of split up. Yeah. And 
And it's sort of hard. Like now it's to the point where I'm like, well, okay, one of us just has to make enough money and not ask permission and just buy some land and build some shit. Right. And then maybe that'll, that'll, um, make people gravitate towards coming out, you know? Totally. Well, yeah, that was part of my idea coming here. And then, you know, we're like, it'd be a place where friends and family could build houses and we'd all hang out here. Not, not even necessarily live here, but just like have a place where everybody could come and chill out together yeah. and stuff. But, but then, yeah, like, no, like, I mean, obviously with the ghost scouts, there are tons of people that do that, but like my actual friends and family are like the people that come here the least, like, you know, it's yeah. like all these, all these other people from all over the world, but like not, right. not as much my friends and family. I think that's, um, it makes sense. I, at some point I realized that, um, your close friends, even though they're your close friends and family, they all have their own, they're not on the same plan as you. Yeah. You know what I mean, that's early <clears throat> and they're your buddies for different reasons and they're not really your buddies because they want to do the commune thing or they want you know what i mean they, they don't have the same life vision as you yeah they might have things that they like that are similar to you things that you like and that's why you became friends but they all have their own traje trajectory and the reason why you get all these strangers coming to your place is because there are random people in the world who are on the same trajectory as you and want to do exactly that you yeah, know yeah that's why <clears throat> you know you have those ghost scouts showing up who aren't people that you grew up with with other that are your friends yeah you know? i think it's easier to take your friends and family for granted too you're like oh you're doing that cool thing okay that's cool yeah. you know and like you're like that's great for you man but like yeah it's like you know i don't know yeah it doesn't it, it's a different thing yeah, it's the same as being, you know, I was in a band. I mean, I'm still in a band, sort of, but we never rehearsed. But uh, back in Philadelphia, we I had a band with my brother, and um, it was made, the band was formed out of basically our good friends. And at some point, you realize that your good friends are not in it for the long haul. Like, they're not in, they're not trying to do the band life, you know? Yeah. They, they they get health insurance and shit and get a master's degree or something, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't you can't uh, you can't chain them up to the their amps. Yeah, yeah. No, it's funny because I'm like I'm like you know kind of uh, like um, I'm like a wild ass person in a way where like I'll just come up with the best idea that I can come up with and I'll just like chase it down to like ridiculous lengths, like like you know yeah. living out here and doing all this stuff and then you realize that, you know, you'll talk to people about it and they'll be like, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. But then like when it actually comes time to like totally diverge from the norm um, yeah. and, and do something that's a total leap of faith and like this wild thing that like, you know, you've been through the process and you're like, dude, if you just, just jump, just jump, it's so good on the other side. And they're like, mm, I'm just going to stay with what's safe and like mainstream. Like yeah. the more you get older, the more you see people like kind of like, going into that like that that mode of their life where they're like much more willing to accept the 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 responsibilities of like a mainstream adult when before they were like totally rejecting it and like you and like i've done it and i'm like dude yeah come on let's do what we said and then they're like no nah, i'm out now <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's most that's most people man. Yeah. Uh, and nothing against that but like uh i think it uh I don't, you know, for me, I get, I have like a pet peeve about talking big and then not doing shit, you know? Totally, totally. <clears throat> and uh, I'm like, that's why I never speculate. Like, I have this thing about, I have this policy of never, never speculating. Like, 
<clears throat> either either I do it or I don't do it. You know what I mean? And if I say I'm going to do it, that means I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to fantasize, you know? Yeah. Like, and do these scenarios where people like to like shoot the shit and pretend like they're going to do something that's brave. And then, yeah. and then just like everyone, everyone gets that good feeling of saying, yeah, yeah, we should do that. And then nothing happens. No one acts on it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm, it's sort of this, it's been this weird pet peeve of mine for a years and years where where i get i i'm in these speculative conversations with people that don't actually want to do what they're talking about they just want to go through the fantasy of it you uh, can tell too like when you're talking to someone you can kind of tell too you're like okay this person has like no intention of actually doing this yeah yeah i've had i had i had a girlfriend who used to get really pissed at me because she'd be like we should start a band or whatever and i'm like we're not you don't actually want to do that. Like, you know what I mean, yeah. and she'd be like, why, why can't you just say yeah and just go along with a fantasy? I'm like, I don't like that. You know, I don't, <laughs> I'm like, I, if I'm saying like, I'm going to, if you ask me to do something, I'm going to carefully consider whether or not I could pull it off. Yeah. And, and then if I think I can, then I'll say yes. But, uh, but you know what I mean? But if it's complete wild speculation, and it's just for the fun of like imagining something, then I, I don't know. I feel like it makes me feel like a loser. Like yeah, I just, there's a certain type of person that does that. They they need to get like swept up by the fantasy, but with yeah. no intention of ever carrying it carrying it out. And that's just part of their way of like getting through their maybe more normal life, you know? Yeah, and it's also a way of bonding with friends. I, I can see why people do it. It sort of creates this thing to talk about with your friends and a bonding sort of like being like uh we like to collaborate with each other kind of thing yeah. and i don't know man I, I think i'm too cap i don't know what it is a capricorn thing or whatever but i just don't uh i don't i, I can't get down with that is I've, I've tried over the years i've tried to like accommodate that a little bit more and be like, okay, I'll see people doing that and spec being speculative and talking about their fantasies about what we should be all doing together, like whatever, you know, starting a commune or whatever. <clears throat> and me knowing that they aren't ever going to do that. Yeah. And then just be like, yeah, <laughs> you know, At, cause in my mind I'm like, well, it'll make them feel good if I, if I agree with whatever they're saying. Yeah. And that's maybe that's just all they need, you know? Uh, and I can, I can do, I can, do a white lie or whatever just to make them feel better yeah you know uh so i've 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 sort of learned how to accommodate that sort of behavior like whereas when i was younger i used to be really hard line about it and a fucking asshole (laughs) about it and yeah i don't know i think i've chilled out a little bit with that stuff but still for myself like i don't i try not to make any promises uh or or say anything that I don't think I can do, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then, so that when I do say I can do something, then it has meaning behind it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and the people, I, I, I want people to be able to rely on me in that way. Like, oh, Jesse said he's going to do it. That means he's going to do it, you know? Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Or at least try to make your best effort to, you know, yeah, yeah. To, to like yeah. force destiny to make that happen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, at least like they know that I'm 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 actually when I say I'm down I'm actually down. Yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. So all that kind of stuff like 
you know, I, I do have like this fantasy of, of, of getting a property at some point, you know, that kind of thing. But right now my money situation just doesn't allow it. You Are know? you thinking out there on the West coast? Yeah. Yeah. Probably on the West coast. Um, cause you grew up in, you grew up in Philly, right? Yeah. 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 <clears throat> I just, I got, I, since being out here, I've really come to really love the West coast. Yeah. Um, I know that it might like break off into the ocean at some point maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think everything's going to be underwater, like at a certain point, right? Like all the coastal shit is like in a hundred yeah. years going to be underwater or something. Right. So barring that, like, I don't know, I want to probably find something a little bit up North. Um, but, um, I don't know. I'm, I, I've, I've set things in place where, that could become a reality in like 10 years, mm -hmm. you know, like I put some money aside. I've been putting money aside and put it, investing it and shit. Yeah. Uh, so that I'll have this like passive income, uh, at some point. Uh, yeah, I like checked on it the other day and it's like looking pretty good. So nice. Uh, if everything goes right, maybe I could put a down payment on something in like 10 years. Yeah. yeah Cause uh, how long have you been out in LA now? I've been out here in like for eight years. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Making that fat was, LA money. You know, I was like living rich. Like I was like, what do you call it? Uh, spending money like I'd never had money before. Balling out. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Buying lots of synthesizers and shit. Yep. So, uh, you know, I didn't like Tom, Tom Herpick, like, um, he's our buddy, uh, uh, who worked on Adventure Time he didn't spend his money. Oh, he squirrels you know? it away, dude. He squirrels Squirrel it away. <laughs> no, he, I was telling him after eight years, I was like, yeah, I got like, uh, I, you know, I have like $30,000 saved up, whatever, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then, and then he was like, I've got like a lot more than that. He's dude. Got like, I got like $300,000 saved up. Cause his goal yeah. was to, was to get a hundred grand. And that was like a long time ago. So like he yeah. told me that he got that a long time ago. So if anybody's, yeah. looking, never, to rob, if anybody's never, looking to rob somebody. Yeah. I never hit that a hundred grand. And then I, you know, and then I quit my job and I took two years off and I basically didn't work for the next two years. Yeah. Uh, and so I spent it all. It's yeah. all, it's all gone. The only thing I did right was I invested in uh, Roth IRA. Yep. And um, so, because my cousin is a accountant and he 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 like helped me manage my money a little bit. So I put some money that a way that I can't touch. Yeah. Luckily, so so that was that was uh, I guess wise of me or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> So what's but, your like? What's your dream scenario for your future? Like, what is your like? What is your best best life vision of the future? I don't know, man. I just kind of want to. Um, I want to figure out a way that I can take care of my parents. Yep. When when they get older, uh, that's like my main concern. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. you know, at some point, uh, <clears throat> I want I want I'd like to like have that woods like nature commune vibe where I've, I've got like a spot my parents like a single floor thing and they don't have to climb stairs <laughs> right, right right no i know i know my parents talk about the same thing yeah 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 and then like uh you know they're doing fine now they live out in virginia uh, but at some point they're going to get too old to take care of the house that they live in you know yeah, yeah so i worry about that and then i also 
just want a, a, a situation where I can be productive and like feel like my workflow is good and uh, I'm not distracted. And, and uh, I, hopefully at that point, you know, it's already at the point where you, you really don't need to be in the location where the industry you work in is, you know, yeah. like I, there's so many people working in Sweden or whatever for Cartoon Network, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, or in Canada or whatever. I, I still feel like it helps me to be here, mm-hmm. um, but at some point, it's not going to matter. We're gonna, you know, we're all gonna have like implants in our eyes or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. So when you got when you got hired at Cartoon Network, was that something that you were trying to do, or is that or is that an opportunity that just came to you? That just came to me. I had no fucking idea about. LA or working in animation or anything like that. That yeah, was uh, we both came in at the, the we both came in the same way. Like I was like it was never yeah. really a goal of mine to yeah. I, I mean I would have thought like it would be cool, but you know, and I always loved cartoons, yeah. but it was I never like applied or like tried to do that. Yeah. No, it was completely out of the blue like I uh, living in Philadelphia at like sort of like a dirtbag existence, you know. Yeah. Uh scrounging for money i was a towel boy i was like pretending to be sick for student doctors and stuff like or oh, working right. at video <laughs> i think i've heard you say that. yeah because the first thing i remember of you was that you know tommy showed me some of your work tom herpick shout out tom herpick yeah, yeah. uh money bags herpick um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he showed me some of your work and he's like dude he's like this guy he's so good and he's like he he doesn't even make enough to pay his bills with his artwork. We got to get him out here. And I was like, fuck yeah, man. Because <laughs> yeah. Tommy, uh, too, he was like painting nurseries with some guy like when he came out to work for Cartoon Network. Yeah. I remember all my friends, you know, I, I dropped out of Pratt. We both went to Pratt. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I dropped out and then all my friends who finished Pratt, like they were just, they were like um, not doing art. You right. Know? Yeah. They were no, just most trying of to my friends too. Yeah. They were yeah. like, if they were, they were at like some ad agency or something. Yeah. Yeah. The East coast, I think East coast art life is like, like hitting the lottery. Most people are just not doing well. You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> at, least, at least in the late nineties, early two thousands, like mm-hmm. uh, that's, that was the vibe. Like there were, nobody was even cluing me into any sort of opportunities. I, I I try I remember I tried to get a comic I wrote I wrote a letter to uh, Giant Robot trying to get um the magazine mm-hmm. trying to get a comic my comics in there because I was like hey I'm half Japanese like Asian power or whatever you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> they never wrote me back you know and uh and I would send out um I would send out uh postcards out to different weekly alternative weeklies trying to get my comics in there and no one replying or giving me illustration jobs. Like I know that it takes a really long time and like you have to hustle pretty hard to get going in the op-ed illustration world, you know? Yeah. Uh, I just didn't know how to do that. I was all just making it up in my head. Like, how do I do this? You know? Right. Right. How do I even make money off my drawings? Yeah. Uh, I, I think I had, I had sort of built up a little bit of an online following for my web comic, uh, right before I got hired. So I was doing um, I was doing commissions for people for like fifty bucks doing paintings and stuff. Right. 
for people. So I was making a little bit of money here and there, but it just seemed like I was, <clears throat> I was just going to work, you know, work jobs to pay for the things I w actually wanted to do, uh, which was drawing, you know, yeah. like I could make a little bit of money off the drawing. I was getting a little bit, I was getting published by small publishers in the comics world, but they, they didn't have any money. They couldn't pay me yeah. money. You know, they would pay me like whatever, 50 bucks a year or something for, for the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. You know, the comics that they sold. And, uh, so, and I had friends who were animation majors, um, guys I worked with at a video store and they were trying to make their own independent films and stuff, you know? Yeah. But I would see the way they worked. and I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> That's a fucking lot of work, dude. Like for no reward. It just seemed like, you yeah. know, I didn't have a, I didn't have a concept of how, how you could work on Ren and Stimpy or how you could, uh, um, make a short film and get noticed right. uh, in animation festivals. Now, like, because I'm around all these animation, independent animation people, like, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, that's something I could do and it would, like, help my career like, right. or whatever. I mean, like, I, I understand how it all works now, but no one explain that to me yeah no i had no up. idea like w even when i got to cartoon network i didn't know stuff was animated overseas i had like no idea yeah, about yeah. anything in the <laughs> industry i just came in like a wide-eyed kid like let's make some cartoons like i had no fucking clue yeah, what was I, going on when i came to cartoon network i thought i had to wear a suit and smoke a pipe like like <laughs> like, and like a disney animator <laughs> yeah I, thought I had to be like uh like uh what's what's his name the little nemo guy oh uh, windsor mckay McKay. I thought I had to dress up like Windsor McKay and like sit on a stool and in like a vest, <laughs> like a sweater vest. Yeah, <laughs> in a vest and like yeah, smoke a pipe. You yeah. know, like I was like, what's the dress? I remember emailing me someone being like, what's the dress code at Cardi Network? <laughs> you know, and then I saw, and then I saw Penn in a dirty ass flannel. You know, and I was like, oh, that's that's what this is. Okay. Oh man, uh, I know we lucked out so much. We got invited into the best possible situation that could ever happen. Yeah, yeah, it's really uh, it's weird. You know, I get I get emails from people who are trying to break in to the animation industry, and I the thing I try to I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean, like yeah. I don't know how to do it. I think yeah. you gotta go. Like you, you got to go to a good animation school. That definitely helps. And yeah, you got to CalArts is a pipeline for sure. Yeah, sure. I mean, people like to make fun of CalArts. Like it's a cabal fucking Illuminati animation thing. And uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> it definitely is. Like I think half the people that work in the animation industry went to CalArts like easily. Yeah. It's not, I'm not trying to pretend like that's not true. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that um, people from other schools can't get in. Like definitely people from RISD and from SVA. Yeah, SVA and, seems like they have a pretty good representation. You see a lot of people coming from SVA. And like Sheridan College, and uh, mm -hmm. yeah, there's some places like Otis or whatever. I think some people come in from there, but um, but it's pretty. I don't know. I mean, I think that's why a lot of times. Uh, it still does kind of matter about moving to LA mm -hmm. unless someone scouts you because you're the hot shit on Instagram, you know, right, right. like, 
Uh, and that definitely happens. And um, I think a lot of people write me emails being like, how do I get into animation? And they don't have a body of work. Like, right. I'm like, where's your shit, dude? No, I know people <laughs> will be like, I want to have my own show and they don't even have a website. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or they don't have a single drawing up on their yeah. fucking Instagram. I'm like, yeah. your Instagram is uh, pictures of your dog, dude. Like, yeah. Uh, put some drawings up. Show people that you can make something. Like yeah, one of the things that I always tell people is, you got to prove yourself before you pitch. Don't don't go out and just yeah. start. Don't walk off the street. And nobody knows you and start pitching for your own show. You know you. Yeah. Gotta, and and basically what we both did is that we proved yeah. ourselves as artists with a unique voice and a unique style. Yeah. And then we were lucky enough that someone became a fan of that uh you know and and basically you know the people on the show became fans of it i always tell people dude you know if you're not going to like cal arts or something like that the way i saw more people get hired than anything is having a good web comic you know what i'm saying like get yeah. up there and prove yourself as an artist uh yeah. and then you know and then you'll get the offers right like when i first right. when i when i you know if if if, if before i was there i tried to pitch nothing would have happened but then when i was there yeah. It was, you know, I sold a pilot to Cartoon Network and I sold a pilot to Disney. Then it's easy. People are like, hey, you got something? Sweet. Let's do it. You know, it's like, then yeah, it's like yeah, you yeah. do a, a one-page write-up and a and a one drawing over a weekend. That's literally how I sold two pilots, you know, just coming up with yeah. an idea in 24 hours and, and putting it out there. <laughs> and then people, you see people slaving over these, trying to make a pitch Bible and stuff. You're like, dude, there wasn't even yeah. like a Bible for Adventure Time when I got on the show. Like, you know, like you don't yeah, need yeah. a pitch Bible. I feel like that shit works works to your disadvantage like if you try to come in with a fully formed vision people are going to yeah. find more reasons to turn it down than not it's like you under pitch yeah. it you know what i'm saying if you do yeah. get the opportunity to pitch keep it so simple let them yeah. fill in the gaps with what they want to see in a pitch that's how you sell a pitch yeah that's um that's i had to learn that the hard way even though Penn told me to do that um i didn't i'm such a world building dude that yeah. My first, the first, after I left Adventure Time, the first thing I tried to pitch, I, I overcomplicated it. I made this crazy psychedelic science fiction Bible. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I built out the world so hardcore that, that people were like, this is fucking insane. Like, I can't, we can't do this, you yeah. know? Yeah. And then so I had all these meetings afterwards and, um, it was sort of, <clears throat> I don't know. I had a, I had a meeting with this uh, one of the heads over at Cartoon Network, the action department, and she was like, just come up with some super one-sentence ideas for shows. Like, come yeah. up with five of them and, and, and let me know. And then I went home, and I got, like, really depressed. And, like, uh, <laughs> I got so depressed about it, I fell asleep, you know, like sleep depression or whatever <laughs> on my couch. And I took a nap. And in, during that nap, I had a – I had a uh, – I, I, I had a dream about this show called Smuggle Brothers. And it was basically like Han Solo and Chewie going through space smuggling. It was like I completely ripped off Star Wars, you know? Yeah. And then I woke up and I was like, that's the fucking dumbest idea I've ever had. And I was like, okay, I'll go pitch that. <laughs> and then uh and then I and then I pitched this idea. I was like, hey, I've got this idea. Uh, remember that other idea I had that was too crazy? Well, I've got this other idea that's like two brothers in space and they smuggle stuff. And they were like, that sounds amazing. Let's yeah, exactly. make that. 
And, uh, and then, so, um, then I spent a year developing that, you know, uh, and then eventually I built, I, it's so hard for me to control myself. I built it out into this insane psychedelic, um, world. And then, uh, and then it was too crazy for Cartoon Network, basically. Do, do you have any, uh, do you have any projects in development right now? Like whatever happened with Manly, that was just one off and it's done now. No, Manly, Manly is a weird story, man. Uh, Manly, ever since then, the our producers, the production house Frederator, have been trying to make it, trying to put it on some platform uh-huh. somewhere for the past like four years. Really? And uh, yeah, they actually bought it from us. So they bought me and my brother out. Um, they paid us a bunch of money to like for them to have the rights to it at some point. And so they've been like on board. Like I have meetings with them every once in a while where they're like, we're trying to talk to this and that, you know? And, uh, so they they still believe in the project and, um, supposedly we're pitching it. We're pitching a budget proposal to Netflix, like, uh, at some point, but I haven't heard from them in like a month. So I don't know what's going on. It's all dude. Get Phil on the phone. He's over there now. Yeah, I know. I have to talk. I talk. I sent a text to Phil actually, um, and so um, did you. Yeah, hear, I should did you hear back from him? Yeah, yeah. He was like, "Let's talk," or whatever, you know. So, but I think he's in charge of the children's department, the like more younger. Um, uh, they brought in a bunch of ex Nickelodeon people to like uh, program their kids' cartoons. Right. Yeah, so I, I saw Mike Moon was going over there too. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know if like Manly is a little bit more like teenage audience. Yeah, uh, but we'll see. I, I you know, so I'm still. I've got Manly, which has been gone into a different. Like I've boarded like three more episodes of Manly. Oh shit! Uh, because we were we were supposed to make like twenty something episodes for our online platform called Verve, um, and then that fell through. But we thought it was a go, so we wrote like, we wrote, we wrote like a ten episode arc and all this kind of stuff, and like, uh, yeah, I started storyboarding it. I boarded like. Who were you writing? Oh, you were writing it with your brother. Yeah, yeah, my brother and I. So behind me in my studio is just all the notes we have for episodes of Manly um, that I've, I've just left up there because perpetually Manly could possibly happen at any second you know wow. what i mean oh that's exciting it, that's, that's good because it's such a good short like it should definitely it, happen it could happen but then it hasn't happened for four four years you know what I mean? yeah no i know it's so crazy the way everything works it's a weird holding pattern so i don't i don't like put a lot of i don't i don't put a lot of my hopes and dreams into manly like i it's there and it's 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 ready to go anytime anyone wants it you yeah. know what i mean i'm not i'm not I'm not emotionally attached to whether or not it happens or not. Yeah. Because otherwise I'd just be fucking a mess. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's the same thing for anything. I've pitched like three or four things um, around to all the different networks. And it's always kind of like, yeah, maybe like, so that smuggle brothers things that I, that I pitched to cartoon network. Um, I'm going to try to pitch to Phil, you know? Yeah. I actually had already pitched it to him at Nickelodeon and he was like, this is really cool, but it's too sophisticated for Nickelodeon. Right. You know? Right. So I actually, so then I texted him. I was like, cause I knew he was going over to Netflix. 
I was like, yo, man, is uh, is Smuggle Brothers too sophisticated for Netflix? And he was like, maybe not, you know? So, yeah, yeah. So we're, we're going to talk. We'll see. I, I mean, it's all just like that. To me, the pitching world is such a strange world. And so much of it is out of my control. Yeah. Uh, that I treat it like it's it's just it's a thing it's a thing to do and if i can enjoy the process of making something then that's cool you know but i try not to feel it's not i don't try not to feel attached to it um like the way i feel attached to um my own personal work right you know yeah like my comics that i do that's the thing i have complete control over nobody can touch it I can make it whenever I want and whenever I make a new page, I just put it up on my website and, and anyone can see it and it's got automatically world, world distribution. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's just a matter of people want to read it or not. Yeah. And, and so with forming, uh, how close are you to finishing forming? Does it have an end? It has an end, but I'm not really close to finishing it. It's okay, like, cool. uh, cool. I would be close to finishing it if I worked on it every day. Right. How long do you, <laughs> but, how many pages do you conceive it being? Um, this last volume is going to be probably like 200, 250 pages. Uh-huh. And I think I'm around, I'm around 80, 85 pages in oh, something sweet. like that. Um, so yeah, I, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm doing so much shit that I, uh, I don't know. I'm just spread really thin. I, I it seems like I get a page done a month. You know? Oh, really? Is that because were you were you use were you doing like two pages a week before? I remember you always do working on them in the studio. Yeah, when I first started, uh, I was I was doing two three pages a week. Yeah, uh, because you would was, always be working on it. Yeah, 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 and that was when I was a revisionist on Adventure Time, where they, there was nothing to do. So oh, I just right. brought my okay, comics. okay, that makes sense. I'm, oh, I forgot that you yeah. came on. I forgot that you were doing revisions. Yeah, yeah, for at least the first uh, season, I was right. doing uh, revisions, but um, uh, but now also I was working really fast, and I was just still learning how to color and stuff. So I think. As I've gone on, my process has gotten way more laborious. Yeah. Um, I've just gotten way more into perfecting every page, yeah. you know? Yeah. And uh, so, and I've, I, I started using more difficult tools like airbrush and stuff. So, yeah. Um, it's just, uh, it used to be, I think, one page maybe would take me 10 hours, something like that in the beginning. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then, so in the thirty, if I put in a thirty-hour week, I could do three pages. Yeah. Uh, now, a page takes me—I don't know—maybe like between fifteen and twenty hours, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's uh, depending on the depending on the page, but like I spend way more. I'll sit on it before I'd be like, "Page is done." Like, on to the next one. You know, I was trying to pump them out, and now I'm like, "Is this page done?" Look, I'll. I'll think about it and look and sort of scrutinize it and get it to the point where I'm, if I'm, I try to hit like a A minus, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. If you try to like, be too I'm not perfectionist, to make... you'll never get anything done. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I recognize that at some point I got to move on. Yeah. You know. But at the same time, I'm I'm also like I want I want these pages to be as baller as as possible. Yeah. <laughs> within within a, within a reasonable time frame and do you have it all uh, like storyboarded so out or do you or do you kind of like do you kind of make you kind of have the idea of where it's going in your head and then you kind of fill it in as you go along uh i have notes i have like n- notebooks filled with uh plot plot arcs uh-huh. but they're just um they're just notes they're not drawings right um and then i have it all on a timeline i i like drew this timeline where everything how everything's supposed to happen in sequence oh wow so you got it figured out yeah no it's 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 basically totally figured out except um the notes are kind of vague you know it's mm-hmm. just plot it's just plot points i don't have all the interpersonal jokes and all that kind of stuff like i don't have any of that figured out yeah so um, I, I might go on little tangents and stuff depending on what's going on in my life. If it's a thing I want to talk about or right, whatever, right, you know? Right. Um, so I've gone on tangents where, um, uh, like for example, I went, I, I did this, uh, recently in the, in the story, this guy is trying to hire this group of assassins to kill this emperor or whatever. Yeah. And he goes, he goes and meets up with them and they're sort of like a, a cabal, like secret society, like Freemason kind of thing, you know? Uh-huh. And he, he, he walks into their, their layer, assassin layer. And I had just come back from a, uh, like a tantric workshop with my girlfriend mm-hmm. <laughs> and it had this like really deep, uh, it like affected my life, you know, this thing that I went to. Yeah. So then I decided to, make that a part of the comic. So I'm, so he walks in on them and they're having a tantric workshop. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) So, uh, so, so little things like that, I, I improvise as I go. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of doing that too. Yeah, I'll do that too. I always try to work. I'll just work stuff from my daily life into the, you know, the adventure time backgrounds or illustrations. I'm a huge fan of that. It makes it so much fun. Yeah, because it keeps you from getting bored. Like if yeah. you have if you have something figured out all the way through, and you're just doing uh, tedious work, basically, yeah. once you figured it out, all the that's the fun part, you know. Yeah, you can get and super then you bored just have, of it. Yeah, yeah, you, executing it actually can get really boring, and yeah. I think that's why a lot of people don't finish comics um, or or whatever major projects that they have is yeah. because. They do all this pre-planning, which is the fun part, and then when once they actually have to execute it, they're like, they lose enthusiasm because they already know how it's going to turn out. Totally. And uh, so, if you keep it, my way of surviving that is to always be flexible and be allowing myself to change ideas midstream if I feel like it. You know. Yeah. 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 Or, or add something that that just happened in my life or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what keeps it interesting for me. Yeah. Well, I'm glad, man. I'm glad to hear it. Cause I've, I definitely, my favorite comic that is currently being made and just the, I mean, it's so epic, but then like the dialogue is just so hilarious. Like, do you crack up when you're writing the dialogue? Cause I'm like, no, I don't think anything makes me laugh as much as reading for me. Like it just fucking cracks me up, dude. Oh, thanks man. Uh, I, 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 I don't want it 
I, I feel like it's shameful to admit, but um, yeah, I make myself laugh. No, that's that's good. That's how it should be, man. That's definitely how it yeah. should be. Well, yo, we gotta cut it. We gotta cut it here because I gotta go grab Wolfie okay. from the bus stop, and we've got an hour and twenty five minutes in the books already. So, okay. um, right, uh, so people should definitely check out forming, um, and that's at jessemoynahan dot com. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, and then you got the forming Patreon, which I just became a supporter of. Oh yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, man, no yeah, doubt. Just... Shout outs, long overdue. I've been meaning to do that for a while, and now that I finally got on Patreon, I'm starting to support some projects. So it's super fun. Cool, man. Oh, I think you sent me an email about the password. I gotta like fix that for you. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and um, so so is there anything else uh, that you wanted to shout out or send people to or anything like that? Um, no, nah, man. I think that that's it. That's just my life right now. It's just uh, forming and doing you know, the uh, random cartoon work for people. Um, yeah, that's it. Besides that, just, uh, trying to, you know, just doing jujitsu. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wanted there. I actually have some other stuff that I wanted to get to, but we just ended up flowing. So I was perfect. So that means, yeah, yeah. We'll, that means we'll have to get you on again soon to, uh, to follow yeah. up and, and, and hit on some other juicy topics. Yeah, we could have a um, MMA hour where we just talk about fights. Yes, I'm so pumped for this weekend. <laughs> UFC 220. Oh is yeah, gonna be fucking awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna watch that. I was gonna go to Bellator this weekend actually to see uh, Rory Mc- McDonald fight, but yeah. I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to watch my money, man. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, heard, got all- I heard that if you're not like right up on the cage too, it's kind of weak. You can't really see that much, and yeah, you know, you're kind of just honestly, watching the jumbotron. Yeah. Honestly, like uh, it's better to watch it on pay per view. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think almost yeah. everything is. Even like I love going to basketball games and shit. But like you, you'll you'll watch replays of the game and you're like, I didn't even see that shit. I was there. <laughs> you know, like yeah. yeah I went to uh, UFC. Uh, I forget which one was. It was Tyron Woodley against Damian Maya. Yeah, and I went. Uh, and, Where he stuffed uh, like fifth, like twenty five takedown attempts or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I went to that and it was like I was trying really hard not to look at the uh, the jumbotron thing, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, I was so far back. It was like uh, I think I'd rather just watch this on TV. Yeah, it was exciting to be there, but I I spent a lot of money, man. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no, because this this two twenty is in Boston. So me and my friend did talk yeah. about going, but then it was like I was like, nah, you know, it's like. Yeah, you get all the close-up angles on TV. Yeah, yeah. I'll wait till I get a. I'll wait till I get a super fat payday and then get some ringside seat someday. Yeah, yeah. That's like that. See, that's cool because I've gone to some. Uh, not to keep this going, sorry, but I've gone to some amateur fights. Yeah, where I'm right at the cage. Yeah, and that shit's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. Or, all right, cool, yeah. man. Well, let's click off and just say a quick goodbye. And, uh, yeah, so say goodbye to the listeners. All right. See you, man. All I right. mean, uh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> see you, humans. Once again, we have done it week after week, bringing you the conversations that you want to hear on the Go Shrimp and Friends podcast. We are here for you to inspire, to, uh, you know, make you want to throw up sometimes hearing grown men talking about masturbating 15 times a day. You know what I'm saying? But that's reality as a teenage boy. So let's get real. Let's get to the bottom of these boners. Let's dig into the 
contents of these ball sacks. Um, so uh, that was a great conversation. I think everybody can agree. Very enlightening. Very insightful. Um, big shout-outs to Jesse for jumping up on the pod. Definitely have to get him back again soon because that's what we do. We talk to friends on this podcast, and then we bring them back. And uh, I cannot just, you know, I can't state enough how excited I am to share with you all my creative friendships because I know so many dope-ass professional creative people Um and in the case of some Ghost Scouts, amateur creative people on the come up. Um, but it's all about just creating that community, getting the ideas out there, and amping people up to pursue their best life that they can imagine. You got you to gotta go inside your brain and think of the most amazing life that you could possibly live. And then start to set some goals so that you can achieve it. Because trust me, if I can achieve what I've achieved, I'm a fuck up, okay? I'm a fucking dummy. So if I can do it, you can definitely do it. I'm going to keep telling you that every week. So you better keep coming back. Because we're going to build you up into the creative beast that you are. We're going to make you realize that you are indeed a creative animal in an infinite universe. And everything is possible, including time travel. Down, 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 down. So big shout outs to all the subscribers. Big shout outs to all the patrons. Uh, make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend about this podcast this week. Spread the word. Share this podcast. You know what I'm saying? I want to see some shares on this internet. I want to see people passing these podcasts around so that everyone gets a chance to get down. Um, uh, let's see. You got to remember, of course, like we just said, to set the goals for the week. Please, please, please use this podcast responsibly and productively and uh, use it to better your life on a weekly basis. Uh, set some goals for yourself this week to to optimize this, your situation right now and slowly start to build those habits and routines. You know what I'm saying? Replace those bad habits with good habits and you'll see your situation start to advance and all of a sudden you'll start to get all these new ideas of what your potential is and what your uh, what your abilities are and you can really go out and make some amazing shit happen. You know what I'm saying? So I know some people don't have a lot of creative friends in their life, and that's why we are here for you. You are the friends on the Go Shrimp and Friends podcast. We're building up this, this audio community. Um, um, uh, 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 um, 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 why am I saying um so much? Um, because I'm dumb. So what else? Uh, make sure that, you know, when you're out in this world pursuing your goals... And you come across some people that maybe have different ideas than you, conflicting ideas than you. Don't dwell on that. Don't focus on the conflict. Don't focus on the drama out there, people. We know there's plenty of it. How about instead you flip it and you start to look for what you have in common with everybody out there? Because at the root of it, every human being has the same goals, 
You know, we want happiness. We want productivity. We want community. We want positivity in our lives, all right? And the people that are out there trying to cause the most drama, it's because they've been hurt. It's because they've been forgotten. It's because they've been left behind. You know that people have done them dirty. So, you know, let's build a community where we're the people that 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 build people back up. You know, we're building ourselves up and we're building up everyone around us. You know, you always got to attack the whack and reject the whack. But, you know what I'm saying? Also embrace the 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 parts out there that need to be embraced, that need to be brought up, that need to be um, advanced because we can all do it. We can all get in this big dance of advancement together, right? We're going to take our pants off and we're going to, we're going to run around and take some shits in the forest because that's how we do it. That's how you plant the seed. You eat the fruit, okay? The seed's in your stomach. You take a shit. Guess what? That seed is in a bunch of fertilizer, just got planted in the forest. Now we got some trees growing and maybe those trees grow into some big old marijuana plants and we all smoked a peace pipe and now we're getting along and now we're seeing and we're having common visions and we're ready to mind meld with the aliens Elliot so until next week keep it positive keep it productive all right peace out